0: Hello, welcome to the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. I'm the senior pastor, Dr. D.Z. Cofield, and I want to welcome you to I Hope Church. This is our digital offering, bringing God's house into your home. I want to thank you for letting us into your personal space, allowing us to inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to become all that God wants you to be. Now, listen, you passed a whole lot of churches not just physically, but on the digital platform to get to us. So I want to thank you today for the privilege of your time. Thank you for taking time to be with us. And our prayer is, is that we can help you to become the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be. Remember, you're not watching to make us a big church or make me a big preacher. We want to help you to walk in victory, to be the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be. Don't forget, like us Share us with family members and friends. Let them know there's never been a better time for hope. Our scripture reading today comes from John chapter 20. John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. And it's a short but powerful scripture reading that I believe sets the tone for our message on today. John 20, beginning at verse 19, the ESV translation of the scriptures reads as follows. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. I have read for you verses 19 through 21 of John chapter 20. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our proper response is, thanks be to God. Let's go to God and pray and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we bless you and thank you For this day, I pray now, God, that everything that we do and everything that we say, that it will be pleasing in your sight. Help us, your people, to become all you want us to be. Help us, God, to be more than just hearers of your word. Help us to be doers of your word as well, that we can fulfill our potential in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're so grateful and thankful to God for what God is doing in the life of our church. We sing it at the end of every worship offering. God is doing something wonderful in me, and God is doing something wonderful in you, and I pray that you will continue to allow God to do those great and wonderful things in your life. The praise team is going to come now under the leadership of of mark taylor and let's worship the lord together join in, sing wherever you are lift your voices clap your hands stand up and let the lord hear and inhabit your praise wherever you are
1: anybody know we serve an awesome god anybody come to bless the name of the lord this morning come on clap your hands like this Sing praises unto my king. Yeah. I will sing praises unto my king. That's it. Yeah. He is creator of everything. He
2: is creator of
1: everything. Come on, say. It. worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We give them glory. Hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. So my hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs my hallelujah belongs to you. cause you deserve, you deserve it you deserve it you deserve it you deserve it and my hallelujah say my hallelujah belongs Anybody can witness that. Say, my hallelujah, my hallelujah belongs belongs to you. So my hallelujah, my hallelujah belongs to you. Oh, said my hallelujah, my hallelujah belongs belongs to you. Why? Come on, say you deserve. Cause you are great You're the miracle so great There is no one else like you There is no
2: one else
1: Cause you deserve You deserve it Come on, can you help me say, You deserve
2: it. That's it. Come on, say you deserve it. You
1: deserve come on, break the music. Come on, let your voice say you deserve it. That's it. Come on, lift your voice and say you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve my worship. Jesus.
2: You deserve it. You deserve.
1: God in this place.
2: He's worthy. He's worthy. He's
0: worthy. He's worthy. man, we're so grateful, we're so thankful to the Lord for that offering in songs and you know the spiritual songs when we are commanded to sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, uh, those psalms, those songs, those hymns become sources of spiritual encouragement. Um, They add to us in terms of our spiritual growth, our spiritual development, and so I I certainly would commend you. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for something to do for your own spiritual devotional time, um, and you want to add something to your reading of the word, go back through the hymn books and read those old hymns, Um, and don't just read the first and third verses. Um, Read one through three or one through four. Go back and study what led that hymn writer to write those hymns. And you'll see the tremendous theological density in those great old hymns of the church. Let's go to God and pray and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we bless you and we thank you for this day. We pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight. Uh, Give me spiritual insight into your word and allow what is said to be heard so that your Holy Spirit can do in our lives what you want done. We ask you to bless now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I was in seminary and got a chance to go home and see my pastor, the pastor of my family home church. Dr. Robert Alexander Laws at the Mount Lebanon Baptist Church in Brooklyn, New York, and I went to go see him. He was at home. He was in a hospital bed. He was, at that time, uh, what we would have said was on his deathbed. I didn't know the seriousness of his illness. I didn't know that at the time. I just wanted to go by and see him, and so I went by and saw him and got a chance to talk to him and and, and see his daughter Mary, let me in and, and got a chance to uh, reminisce with him and just talk about uh, the life of the church and and his history at the church and I was always inquisitive, always asking him questions. I did not know that that would be my last time talking to him on earth, as we were concluding our conversation i I asked him a question that uh, I was prompted to ask, I believe by the Holy Spirit, and I said. Um, I, I said, Pastor, I said, what, what, what would you say uh, to a young preacher? If you could only say one thing, what would you say? And my brothers and sisters, he, he pondered for a moment, and then he uttered words that, I have to be honest with you, are words that I have never forgotten and I pray that I never will forget. Uh, Those words were so meaningful to me in the moment and in history because those were the final words that he would speak to me. Let me ask you a question. What would you say to someone if those were the final words you would speak to them? We often hear people who, on the other side of a tragic or sudden death, say things like, man, if, if I wish I could speak to them one more time. Or the last time we spoke, we, we argued, we, we fussed, we fought. And, and man, I wish I could go back and, and, and say what I really felt and, and let them know how I really feel. What would you say to someone Meaningful to you, if if it was your last word, uh, your last phrase, if it was your last sentence, your last paragraph, if it was your last conversation, your last set of instructions, for example, that you wanted to give to your children, what would those final words be? If it's someone close to you, I would dare say that those final words would not be words of frivolity. Those final words would not be words of amusement. Those words would probably be instructive. Those those words would probably be very meaningful and very significant. They would probably come from your heart because that's how we value last words. Well, my brothers and sisters, in our text today, we have arguably the last words of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is speaking to his disciples. He has been crucified. He has been resurrected. And he has spent 40 days post-resurrection visiting his disciples and interacting with people, proving to them that he is the risen Lord. But he comes to this point in the book of Acts where he is about to ascend to the Father. But before he ascends he has an assignment to give. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, last words to live by. Last words to live by. Now, we've been talking about how to turn the world right side up. And and this message is really in that spirit, in that vein. But But I want you to think about the significance of these words that Jesus spoke to his disciples personally, and he speaks to each of us parenthetically. You see, Jesus, when he speaks these last words, is in essence giving a summation of all that they need in order to do all that God wants them to do. Our text today is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, Just before he would leave the earth, Jesus says there are some important lessons you need to learn in order to successfully launch the ministry that you are about to embark on. Matter of fact, let me read that text that leads us to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 3, the ESV translation He says, here's the first thing you understand. The first thing you need to understand. This is not a point. I just want to set up this message for you. He says, number one, you need to learn the reality of his resurrection. G- Jesus says to his disciples, uh, you, you thought I was crucified and would not rise. Matter of fact, everyone in Jerusalem knew that Jesus of Nazareth had been crucified, but everybody didn't know he had been raised from the dead. They had not seen the proof of his resurrection. As a matter of fact, there were believers who doubted that he would rise from the dead before the resurrection, and there were some who doubted even after they heard that he had been raised from the dead, and they demanded to see for themselves. Jesus goes around and gives them infallible proofs, including uh, eating with them and coming into their space and giving them an opportunity to touch him, to feel how real he really was. But he says, not only do you need to recognize the resurrection as a reality, he says, number two, for you and for me, you need to accept the fact that the kingdom of God is coming, that the kingdom of God is coming. And when he talks about the reign of the kingdom of God, the mistake that the disciples made was they thought that he was trying to establish a political kingdom on earth. And God says, I'm trying to establish a kingdom in your heart. I'm trying to get on the throne of your heart. Because here's what the Lord understood if he's on the throne of people's hearts, he will be on the throne of any political kingdom. He doesn't need to set up a kingdom on earth. All he has to do is get in the hearts of the people who sit on the throne. And God says to each of us, recognize that the kingdom of God is here and the Lord wants to take rulership and reign of your life. But here's the third thing that Jesus says. You not only need to understand, disciples, that the resurrection is a reality if you are going to successfully launch this new ministry out of your life. You not only need to understand that the kingdom of God is here and is coming and wants to take root in the hearts and minds of people. But thirdly, he says, you need to realize that I am providing the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost to help you successfully live this life. I am providing the Holy Ghost to help you successfully live this life. Uh, The word spirit and ghost are used interchangeably. So don't think one has a more spiritual connotation than the other one. If you use the term Holy Spirit, you're good. If you use the term Holy Ghost, you're good. Here's what God wants you to understand. The person of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit resides in the believer. Once the believer accepts Jesus Christ into their life. Once the Holy Spirit came, he came to live inside of us. Not to visit, but to take up residency within us. So many times we erroneously, theologically put out this idea that that we're going to sing and the presence of the Lord is going to come in this place. No, it's not about the presence of the Lord coming. It's about us recognizing that the presence of the Lord is already there because he lives inside of us. So I don't wait for the Lord to show up. He's already there with me because he lives inside of me. So here's what Acts chapter one, verse eight says. After all of those prerequisites have been established, Jesus wants you and me to understand that ordinary people are assigned to do extraordinary things because they have a supernatural power that's living inside of them that is going to work through them. Three things I want you to see today. I'm going to see if I can get through it, y'all. Three things I want you to see today when we talk about the last words and living by last words. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to recognize the power behind sharing the gospel. You need to recognize the power behind sharing the gospel. Verse eight, Acts chapter one says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. As a child of God, power doesn't become before the Spirit. Power comes when the Spirit comes. And Jesus says to the disciples and to you and to me, The power of the Holy Spirit is coming. This is not man's power. This is not personality. This is not charisma. This is divine power. Divine power. Because here's what the Lord wants you and I to understand. It takes divine strength and power to serve the Lord. You cannot successfully serve the Lord in and out of the power of your flesh. Can I tell you something real quick? Listen, don't make the mistake of thinking you are not successful as a child of God because you don't have good or strong willpower. Because willpower is not enough to help you to live for God. Conscious is not enough to help you to live for God. You've got to rely on and live in and live out of the power of the Holy Spirit in order to live a life that is pleasing to God. Jesus says, before you do anything else, recognize that the power of God has been provided for you. And you need to live out of that power. Look at Acts 4.33. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Read it with me, if you will, wherever you are. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with, there it is, power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Holy Ghost power is in you. And here's what the Lord wants you to understand. Because Holy Ghost power is in you. It's not just available to you, but it's in you. Live like you have power in you. Love like you have power in you. Serve like you have power in you. Witness like you have power in you. Walk like you have power in you. Work like you have the Holy Ghost in you. And my brothers and sisters, I submit to you that many of us are not doing anything in the power of the Holy Spirit because we're living as if we don't have the Holy Spirit. So it's not like the Holy Spirit is not there. But if I choose to try to live out of my flesh instead of out of the Spirit of God, Recognizing that I can't witness, I can't work, I cannot worship, I cannot do anything effectively and impactfully for God without doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the second thing. Number two, you need to accept you are the person responsible for sharing the gospel. Jesus says it's not only necessary for you to understand that you have the power provided to you, to share the gospel. But he says you are responsible for sharing the gospel. You are the person. Look at Acts chapter one, verse eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. The you is there, it's clear, you. Now, he's speaking directly to the disciples, but he's speaking parenthetically to you and to me. He is sharing with the disciples what he wants them to do personally, but he's sharing it with us through the time that we have seen pass. He is sharing it with us in the spirit. He is saying to you and to me, we have the responsibility to share the gospel. Here's the problem that many of us miss. And, and, and we have this problem, y'all. We, we think that the, that the men and women who were used in the scriptures were supernatural people, almost like they were comic book heroes. And God says they are ordinary people who were used by an extraordinary God. And God says to you and to me, he's looking for more ordinary people who are willing to submit themselves and be used by God in a supernatural way. That you includes you and me. And he says, you will be my witnesses, my witnesses. Now, now notice what he says. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, witnesses of what? Witnesses of Christ, not to Christ. In other words, we are witnesses, not talking to the Lord, but talking about the Lord to people who need the Lord. Remember, I told you there's only two kinds of people in the world. It's real simple, people who know Jesus and people who need Jesus. And he says, those of us who know him have a moral obligation to share with those who need him who Jesus is. But you can't talk about what you don't know about. You can't export what you haven't imported. If God hasn't touched you, you cannot share a God who can touch somebody else. Because you can't witness to what the Lord has done. That word witness is a key word in the book of Acts. It appears some 29 times as either a verb or a noun. And a witness is somebody, listen carefully, who has seen or heard firsthand and is sharing out of their own experience. When you go to court, the judge is not interested in ideas or opinions He wants to hear what you know. He wants to hear or she wants to hear the facts. And I can't share, listen carefully, what somebody else told me about something because that's inadmissible in court. That's hearsay. I've got to say what I saw and what I heard. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. Why? because they had experienced the life-changing power of the gospel. They had experienced the life-changing power of being with Jesus Christ. He says, now you've got to share that with somebody else. I'm here to tell somebody who's listening right now, listen, you don't have to be a top flight theologian. You don't have to understand the difference between superlapsarianism or what a hopox is. You don't have to understand all of those theological terms, covenantal uh, dispensation or theology or any other form of theology. All you've got to do to share the good news of Jesus is to tell somebody what the Lord has done in your life. Well, I can shout right there. J- just, just tell somebody what the Lord has done for you. Be a witness as to how the Lord saved you how the Lord has changed you, how he's still changing you, how he's still working on you, but the grace and mercy of God, how it reached you, found you where you were and helped you to get where you are right now. And the fact that God is not through with you yet. He says, I need somebody who's willing to be a witness. Anybody watching right now? Anybody watching right now? Has the Lord done anything in your life? I dare you to put it in the chat to say, I'm a witness, I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I know firsthand. I used to hear mama talk about it. I used to hear grandmama talk about it. I used to hear granddaddy talk about it. But I know the Lord for myself. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Look at Isaiah 43, verse 11. I I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Look at Luke 24, verse 46. And said to them, thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. And I know firsthand, a silent witness is like having no witness at all. God says, as a witness, you need to tell somebody. You need to show somebody. Here's the third and final thing, and then I'm gonna take my seat. Number three, you need to recognize all people need the gospel. You need to recognize you have been given the power to share the gospel. You need to recognize you are the person responsible to share the gospel. And number three, you need to recognize all people Need the gospel. Now, when we say the word all, all means literally all. Everybody needs the gospel. Remember, I said there's only two kinds of people in the world. People who know Jesus and people who need Jesus. And whether you need him and you need to know him or whether you know him and you need to grow in him, you need the gospel. Watch what the text says. You will be my witnesses. I'm in the C part of verse eight. In Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, here's what's interesting. Acts 1-8 gives us a general outline of the entire book of Acts. Some of you may be asking, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, when you look at the geographical spread of the gospel, Acts chapter 1 through 7 is the work of the church in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 8 verse and, ver, and Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 9 is the work of the gospel in Judea and Samaria. When you get to Acts chapter 10 through Acts 28, then you see the work being spread to the Gentiles and to the ends of the earth. So in actuality, the Acts of the Apostles which some would say is the act of the Holy Spirit was captured and summarized in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Here's what Jesus says. The gospel needs to go everywhere. Now, if you know anything about the book of Acts and you know anything about your church history, you know in the early days of the church, they were so comfortable being there that the 3,000 that came to know the Lord on the day of Pentecost Scholars believe it was somewhere between ten and 12,000 by the time you got to Acts chapter 6 because nobody wanted to go back home. They wanted to stay there. They wanted to fellowship amongst each other. And so the Lord had to send persecution into Jerusalem in order to get the gospel to spread across the world. I'm not sure... I, I don't want to i don't want to limit how god moves but but I wonder sometimes if this covid nineteen pandemic was was intended by God among other things to serve as a wake up for the church to help us make the main thing, not the main thing but the main thing the only thing, and to help us refocus on what he has called us to do he says. I want you to progressively see the work of the ministry. Acts chapter 1 through verse 7, Acts chapter 8 through verse 9, Acts chapter 10 through verse 28. He says, but I want you to understand the responsibility that you have to make sure the gospel goes global. He says in Jerusalem. In Judea, in Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world, in Jerusalem, start with the people you love. Start at home, but don't stop at home. Show the gospel in Jerusalem to the people you love, but take the gospel to Judea, the people you like. Take the gospel to Samaria, those sworn and bitter enemies Of the Jews, he says, take the gospel to Samaria, to the people you don't like. He says, and then take the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world, the people you don't even know. Take the gospel everywhere you go, no matter where you live as a Christian. He says, take the gospel. Remember what I said, start at home, but don't stop at home. Dr. Oswald Smith said it like this, the light that shines the furthest will shine the brightest at home. Nobody should be able to talk about the child of God you are in the world more than you are in your own home. Your light is to shine and impact the whole world. Look at Acts 13, verse 47. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, read it with me, if you will. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. I'm sitting there in the home of my now late pastor, Dr. Robert Alexander Laws, who was the pastor at the Mount Lebanon Baptist Church in Brooklyn, New York. And I say to pastor, I said, pastor, what, 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 what would you say to a young preacher? What, 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 what words would you give him? What words of advice, what counsel would you give him? And after he pondered for a moment, he said words that I, I pray will never be erased from my memory. He said, but, he said, I tell that preacher, whatever you do, take people by Calvary. He said, take them to Calvary. Take them to see the crucified Jesus, the one who paid the price for their sins, he said, take them by Calvary. And then he went on to say, he said, you know, he said, uh, churches do a lot of work. That's good work. We, we feed people and feeding people is good. We, we clothe people and, and clothing people is good. We encourage folk and encouraging folk is good. We visit the sick and, and the widows, the orphans and, and people who are in prison. That's good. He said, but, 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 but none of that matters if we don't take folk by Calvary. He got happy took his arm from under the cover and raised it up in the air. He said, yes. He said, take him by Calvary. Then he personalized that final message to me. He said, bud, I'm proud of you. He said, you're in seminary now. He said, and you're preparing to be a 21st century preacher. He said, I won't make it to your graduation. I'm not going to be able to get there. He said, but when you walk across the stage and they hand you your diploma before you hang it on the wall, go by Calvary. He said, take it by Calvary and and dip it in the blood and and sanctify it in the blood. I, I got to close, but let me just just ask you a question. Do you believe what happened in the book of Acts can happen again? Do you think we can see another great movement of God through the Holy Spirit in our lives today? Do you think God wants to do something great in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit? I got news for you. The answer is yes, but I want you to know it starts with you. It starts with me. You have the ability to share the gospel You have the assignment to share the gospel, but now the question is, do you have the attitude to share the gospel, to help people who need the Lord come to know him and help people who know the Lord grow in him? See, you need to realize the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not a luxury, but the ministry of the Holy Ghost is an absolute necessity. You can't accomplish what God wants you to accomplish without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't be what God wants you to be without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't become what God wants you to become without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do what God has called you to do without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't live The way God wants you to live without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't love the way God commands you to love without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't serve the way God wants you to serve without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't talk the way God wants you to talk without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't think the way God wants you to think without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't pray the way God wants you to pray without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't walk the way God wants you to walk without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't witness the way God wants you to witness without the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of God in your life. And God says that power is there. And watch this. It's in you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, it's in you. God says now would you learn how to live out of that power so that you can lift the name of Jesus in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth to help people who need Jesus come to know him and help people who know Jesus grow in him. And can I tell you something? When you learn how to do that, here's what you do. As a person who knows him, when you help somebody else come to know him, you facilitate your own growth. You develop as you help others to develop. You grow as you help others to grow. The more you interact with others and the more you share the gospel, the more you will grow in him and the more victory you will walk in because God and his power will not only reside in you and have residence in you, but his power will lead and guide you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you And we bless you for this day. Pray now, God, that everything that we have said and everything that we have done has been pleasing in your sight. God, help somebody to embrace these last words to live by. So many of us are living the Christian life in a powerless way when we serve an all-powerful God. So God, I pray right now that you would move by your Spirit in us. The ability is there. The assignment is there. Help us to have the attitude to be used by you in a great way. Where our prayers fall short, make up the differences. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Those of you who are watching right now, I want to encourage somebody today. Two people I want to talk to. First of all, if you need the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, you have never asked Jesus Christ into your life. Listen to me carefully. I don't believe in accidents. I don't even believe necessarily in coincidences. I believe in God incidences. And there's somebody you're watching right now You wasn't supposed to be watching. Maybe you were just scrolling, flipping, and you came to this point in this time. Stop for a moment. Listen to me carefully. God wants to be real in your life. Help me, Holy Spirit. God wants you to know him in a real and personal way. And let me help you right now. It's not about religion. Contrary to what men and women say, it's not about religion. It's not about rituals. It's not about routines. It's about a relationship. The relationship that God wants to have with you to love you where you are, but to not leave you where you are, because his love can make something beautiful out of your life if you let him. And God wants you to do that right now. Let him into your life. If you want to ask Jesus Christ into your life, you want to become a Christian, you want to be saved. I want you to click on the link that says, I want to be a Christian. And I will show you privately via video how to pray the prayer of salvation and ask the Lord into your life. If you want to have somebody correspond with you personally, uh, just type it in the chat and say, "I, I want to be a Christian. Can somebody help me become a Christian or send us a message and somebody will contact you. They'll call you wherever you are in the world. We'll help you to come to know Jesus Christ as your savior. If you know the Lord and you want to become part of our church family via the online digital platform, you want to become part of I Hope Church. Um, We have people every month who are uniting with our church on the digital platform still, even with the waning times of COVID, they're still coming, and we welcome you to become part of our church and become an e-member. We would love to help you in your walk with the Lord. Just click on the link or put it into the chat, I want to become part of the church family. I want to become part of I Hope Church, and we will help you in your walk with the Lord and connect you with other believers. Uh, One of the things that we're doing, we're being watched uh, in 143 countries, and one of the things that we're working hard to do is to put together our discipleship program and to begin to launch that in these various Countries, so that we can help believers connect with other believers, so that you can encourage one another in the Lord. If one can put a thousand to flight and two, 10,000, uh, we want to see if we can connect believers all around the world to help you find somebody who will pray with you, pray for you, and encourage you in your walk with God. And so let us know wherever you are and how we can encourage you and help you in your walk with the lord now if you'd like to worship the lord in giving there are six ways that you can worship the lord in giving on the digital platform and and i got to tell you man god is doing some amazing things you're going to hear about many of those things as we're moving forward you'll see some shifts and changes as we move forward but they're all being made in order to encourage you and help you in your walk with the lord we've got some great things coming up uh, some great seminars some workshops um, our food pantry ministry is expanding our, our wellness, uh, ministry. Our wellness center is about to launch as we look at specifically addressing issues of, of medical lack in terms of accessibility and availability of healthcare to our seniors specifically. That's where we're starting with our seniors. Um, our, our, our program that is now a diversionary program, helping young people, um, uh, break the cycle of poverty and helping them to manage their way out of trouble and prayerfully giving them tools to stay out of trouble. Um, That is going extremely well. Uh, We're seeing a group of our young people that we have been mentoring about to go to college now. Some of them are looking at post-secondary trade schools, uh, but we're excited about them finding a positive path in their life and in their living. And discipleship is at the center of everything we do. And when we talk about discipleship, we're using the biblical definition of discipleship, and that's evangelism and edification. Evangelism is not separate from discipleship according to the Bible. It is part of the discipleship process. You become a disciple when you are evangelized. You grow as a disciple in edification. Those two aspects, Matthew 28. I'll share that with you in the coming weeks. So join with us in partnering in our giving. And uh, I promise you, you're sowing good seed into good soil. All right? Last but not least, here's what I want you to do. Remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. And God is doing something wonderful in me. And we want to continue to allow God to do what he is doing. There are going to be some ups. There are going to be some downs. There are going to be some times when you are, are tried. There are going to be some times you're going to be challenged. But in the midst of it all, keep pressing forward by faith and know that the power that is in you, the Holy Ghost, is greater than the enemy that is against you. All right, until next time, God bless you, is my prayer. Love you. Bye-bye.
1: I want you to encourage your brother and your sister. Tell them God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, see. Oh, God, God is, is doing, doing something wonderful. wonderful. God is doing it on the inside. And it's showing up on the outside. And it's showing
2: up oh, on the outside. Something awesome, awesome and incredible. incredible. And only we will get the glory. God, God is doing something wonderful. wonderful.